welcome to season three, episode nine, I think, of <laughs> History's Greatest Idiots, the show where uh, we go back through all of human history and give you examples of absolute unmitigating disasters of stupidity so that you can learn from the mistakes and never repeat them again. But who are we kidding? We're humans. Mistakes burn in the same way that I'm um, currently looking at our Twitch page and we don't appear to be broadcasting anything that's weird okay um we're live on twitch but nothing's on the screen great i'll reload that in a second uh joining <laughs> me as ever is my amazing co-host derek derek how are things with you my man oh good very yeah. good uh moving right along uh towards graduation and everything for my son here a couple that's more right. weeks and I mean, I think it might even be the week that this is actually coming out. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And the graduation ceremony, uh, has he already had his prom? Um, he, they had it, but he didn't go. He he elected oh. not to do any of the dances or any of that. Is he a bit of a wallflower? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. I, I'm totally, I'm, I'm like that too. I don't want to. I don't get my energy for social interactions at all. So I'm totally <laughs> on board with that line of thinking. Toasterzoid, hello, welcome to the stream. Uh, yeah, so um, what's the graduation ceremony like? Because that's like a whole day, right? Is it? Um, well, he's going to have to get up and do the rehearsal in the morning, and then it starts in the evening, and there's so many students. It's, it's going to last a while, but um, it's, it's Arizona, and it's May, so it's going to be hot. And they do mm. it right at as the peak hits. That's when it starts because that's wow. how you do it. You know, <laughs> no, no um, covers. Just sit out in the sun. Yeah, on the football field. <laughs> do it. it it's going to be good though. It, it. I'm looking forward to it. His cousin, uh, right. Reagan, is actually graduating the same day at the same time across town in in Tempe because they right. started kindergarten together in Tempe. Wow. Um, so we're That's splitting amazing. the family. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> half's coming here, half's going there. Oh, wow, that's that's quite a. That's a good family that you can you can actually split the forces. You know, like yeah, Napoleon's <laughs> army or something. Um, like, promise for losers. I skipped all of my dances so I could go plundering with my boys. Um, I I I mean, are you a pirate? I don't really know what that's about. Uh, you went <laughs> plundering. I that's, thought maybe he was a Viking. See, uh, I didn't skip any of the um the dances even though i'm a wallflower and i just ended up chundering so there's there's a, a i don't know that word vomit. please expand my uh vocabulary chundering is vomit oh yes oh it's a Ooh. game sea of thieves okay he's, he's making a sea of thieves reference still not played that game yet um so proms on the horizon and changes in the air uh as is oregon you're oregon bound Hopefully oh yeah you get dysentery on the trail Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Gosh. Now I got to go play that game. Thanks. I know. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's a reference <laughs> that only people over the age of 35 will get. Um, unless it's part of popular culture. I guess it is the Oregon Trail. I think right. it is now. Yeah. Definitely. It's making a comeback in, in the new streaming series. People mention it. And I think mm -hmm. there's even somebody talks about a board game version of it, which is, oh, wow. I don't remember what show I was watching. Sure. Yeah, uh, that that kind of that appeals to me. Uh, the Oregon Trail makes sense as a board game, actually, given how difficult it was. But I just wonder, um, you know, with the the new success that's been found by video game movies, when we're going to get an Oregon Trail? Um, oh, they did that. Though. Did they? Well, it's not a video game; it's a movie. 
or a TV show. Remember 1883 on Paramount oh, Plus? Yeah. It's basically the Oregon Trail. <laughs> basically, <game>. yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, while we're talking about TV shows, um, we were talking before the um the episode went live. Uh, you've been watching uh, what we do in the shadows, the TV oh, show, yeah. uh, which you're enjoying. I'm really pleased about. I love that show. Um, it cracks me up. It's it really awesome. Does. It's so. There are so many random moments where you like you're not expecting comedy almost, like you're expecting elements of it to be funny, the storyline to be funny aspects, but just like random moments of like like Matt Berry completely mispronouncing something deliberately, or like a random little aside. It's it's so it's such a consistently funny show. The rewatching it is is really good. It's really valuable. Um, one show I started watching the other day, and I was quite impressed by because apple tv they've had a bit of a weird run with me um Uh, i liked a lot of their stuff i i have liked uh, i liked head lasso i think it's got a nice heart to it um i eventually got into severance um although i thought it could have been like maybe an episode shorter thought maybe some of the episodes were a bit long and we really enjoyed the servant because it was like schlocky garbage. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, but a lot of their shows I found have been quite dense and a little bit inaccessible. Um, I maybe hmm. gave up on slow horses too quick. Like, like, which one are you happening? What what's it? Apple TV. Oh, which one is like what's what's not hitting right? Like, have you watched Shrinking? Um have I watched Shrinking? Yeah, um, it didn't grab me. I don't know. It wasn't just it was. It wasn't too dense because I generally like the stuff by Bill Lawrence. Like I love Scrubs. I love Spin City and stuff like that. I just something about it didn't quite get me. Hmm. I don't know. I, I think it's like a difference in culture as well. Could be. Um, yeah, I think there's maybe a cultural aspect to it that doesn't explain Slow Horses, but that was just. I was like, fucking hell, this is taking forever. Um, so I generally found some of their stuff a little bit inaccessible, and like some of the first episodes would land with a thud a little bit at the time. Um, but I watched Silo um, the other day, which is a new one. It's got okay. an all-star cast. Um, basically, giant underground silo, end of the world, people live in there, there's kind of a mysterious thing going on maybe a conspiracy i really enjoyed it it's got like i said a great cast commons in it for like five minutes and he said um he just goes i am common and just like you're like oh okay you're the bad guy great um yeah so i would recommend silo Uh, my wife and i had a great fun changing the letters around so we're like do you want to watch oils tonight you want to watch oils (laughs) should we sit down and watch ois uh uh, no sorry sorry lois should we watch lois tonight should we watch um Sloy, should we watch Sloyo tonight? What was that? Did you watch the? It was like a future climate change series one. Um, extra extrapolations, extraploitations, whatever the hell that one was. I think I did. I don't that know. one's neat. I do. I do have to catch up. I think the problem is, is that also as well. There were a lot of things I was watching on other channels. Like we have Now TV over here, which is basically Sky's streaming service and that had the last of us and disney have had some good series on that have been much more accessible for me um so i've been watching a lot of those um oh hello the wilsons i may actually be colin robinson we are all colin robinson um anyone who works an office job knows at least one colin robinson in their life the Mm -hmm. energy vampire that 
is dull as fuck. So yeah, I would I would recommend Silo or Lois or Oils or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's um, it's it's quite good. It's got a really good cast. They a lot of the very famous because Rashida Jones and David Oyelowo is in are in the first episode as a couple, and they're they're done by the end of the first episode. You're like holy shit. That was quick. Um, but there's like cool. other massive names in there as well. And yeah, I'd highly recommend it. I killed my Colin Robinson years ago. Toasty. That is so harsh. Anyway, sorry, That's... we've been rambling on about TV shows. Like. <laughs> um, Derek, we're almost <clears throat> 10 minutes in. Sorry to the listeners. Oh, before we get going, by the way, um, our social media. I can actually remember to do it reasonably oh, early this it. time. I did it for once. This man who has no memory remembered something. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, go to at greatest idiots. If you want to follow us on Instagram, go to history's greatest idiots. And if you want to go to patreon.com slash history's greatest idiots, you can sling us some money. Now, I may have set that up wrong. I, I don't know what was the deal there, but um, we now have three tiers. We have a $3 tier, we have a $5 tier, and a $20 tier. You can be Gigi Allen, you can be uh, Charles Ponzi, I think. No, Gregor McGregor. And um, you can also, and the, the highest honor of stupidity is Steven Seagal. So you can go <laughs> and be Steven Seagal if you want. And uh, yeah, sling us some money. There's a load of exclusives, like you get your name read out in uh, the actual podcast. You'll get a bunch of merch as well for signing up. And uh, you'll get exclusive stuff. So, yeah, please, please go over there and sling us some money so that we can do this full time and quit our ever increasingly complicated day jobs. <laughs> yes. And, and if they're slinging us money, I guarantee I'll get better. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll both get better. <laughs> we will give you our best. Just pay us. That's all we need. Money. And then you get the good stuff. That sounded like a prostitution thing. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, you know, so Derek, 20 bucks. Now that we've got uh, yeah, 20 bucks. That's all we need. I'm cheap. Uh, Derek, now that we got that out of the way, who is your idiot for this week? Okay, the one that I have this week is a strange one. Because the guy mm. I'm going to tell you about, he lived a, a short, violent life, like Ooh. most of the people in the Wild West did here in the United States. Nice. But the, the thing is, in a normal story, it would end with his death. Right. But this is not a normal story. It's not even close. Most of the story happens after his death. You're going to love it. It's kind of weird. <laughs> okay. Yeah, go for it. I can't wait for this one. He was born Elmer J. McCurdy on the 1st of January, 1880, in Washington, Maine, to an unwed 17-year-old mother, Sadie McCurdy. Okay. Now, that's uh, just, just sorry, before you get going on that, that's actually better than the story I'll be telling later on, the fact that she was un unwed and 17. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> dark i know i don't even i haven't even heard which what uh you haven't even teased me this time mm. okay. you'll see okay yeah um so yeah his 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 mother's unwed 17 years old the identity of his father is unknown but according to the book uh elmer mccurdy the misadventures in life and afterlife of an american outlaw mm -hmm. his mother may have slept with her cousin charles smith and that may have been his father he actually even mm. used the name charles smith uh as an alias during his time as an outlaw right okay i mean it's the wild west um your options are your cousin someone who may murder you or like a coyote so i guess like it happened more often than it didn't so Probably, yeah, but probably. not so often with the unweddedness. And in order to no. avoid the shame and embarrassment that would have been like almost certain for her, she sent Elmer off to live with her brother George and his wife, Helen, 
who raised him as their own. Mm. But then Sadie came back into Elmer's life in 1890 when her brother George died of tuberculosis, which oh, is okay. with one of the big three, the tuberculosis, dysentery, and what was the other one? Getting stabbed Small in pop. a car game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so she moved in with George's wife, Helen, and they went back to Bangor, Maine. Right. And it wasn't long after that that Sadie told Elmer right around his coming of age that she was actually his mother and she had no idea who his father was, which may have turned him into a resentful, unruly, rebellious, drunken teen, which is Mm. what happened. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't have taken... I mean, life in those days would have been hard, right? And to then find out that this is actually your mother and you don't know who your father is. I feel like that that's enough to tip people over the edge in that circumstance. So yeah, I feel de- like Derek doesn't have a day job as some, as soon as the podcast ends, he molds into the mural behind him. Uh, no, De- Derek isn't a gestalt entity. He, he actually exists. So I'm afraid <laughs> to tell you that. Um, an AI. Yeah. You, you, he's actually an AI. Yeah. Just paying through the nose for an AI. That's what it is. Cutting edge tech. Uh, <laughs> so carry on please Sorry. Um, so he moved in oh wait he started drinking heavily and yeah. kept drinking heavily and things started to to go really crappy for him and he moved sure. in with his grandfather and became an apprentice plumber right which would have been really cool but the economic downturn in 1898 caused mm. him to lose his job and then right. in August of 1900 his mother died of a ruptured ulcer Oof, then in September, horrible. his grandfather died of Bright's disease. So mm-hmm. now he's yeah. on his own. Everybody's dead. He's drunk, got no job, and he gets out of Maine. <laughs> That's, that sounds like a West, uh, an actual country music. Oh yeah, uh, song right there. Yeah. <laughs> it is. He he didn't have a dog to lose. No, I was going to say if his dog then. was dead and his truck had broken down, then yeah, that's your that's your full on country music anthem right there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. He gets out of Maine, starts drifting through the eastern United States, working as a plumber and then briefly as a miner. But he was drinking really, really heavily, and it made it hard for him to hold a job for very long at all. Mm. And in 1905, he has his first run in with the police where he's arrested in Kansas while working as a plumber for public intoxication, which I didn't Mm. know was a thing you could get arrested for back in the Old West. I just thought everybody was drunk, wandering around everywhere. Yeah, I mean, like, everyone's walking around half-cut because you can't drink the water because it's full of, like, crap, so you're drinking booze all the time. Yeah, something's got to make the Old West not suck. Yeah, I mean, he must have been really drunk to have been arrested for public intoxication because the public is intoxicated, essentially. They are on Skid Row all the fucking time. So, <laughs> so uh, anyway, not much happened with that. In 1907, he tried to clean his act up and joined the army. Okay. He was assigned to Fort Leavenworth in Kansas as a machine gun operator. Wow. And he also learned a really cool skill that he's going to try to use later on in his life, which mm-hmm. is using nitroglycerin for demolition. Oh. Uh... Now, it's it's not exactly known how much training he got, but whatever training he did get was probably minimal. And I mean, you can draw your own conclusions when I tell you what happens like Uh, this run (laughs) (laughs) on November 7th, 1910. Elmer was honorably discharged from the quarter map masters corps 
and made his way back to St. Joseph, Kansas, where he met up with an army buddy and they got drunk. Of course. Came up with a really cool idea. And mm-hmm. while they were out trying to do that, they got arrested on November 19th, 1910, found in possession of burglary paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. Elmer okay. and his friend were thinking quick on their feet and they said, ah, oh, those tools are not for burglary. We're using them for our invention of a foot-operated machine gun. We just got out of the army. We're doing this whole thing. Oh, that's surprisingly smart. Yeah, it worked. They were acquitted. They were both found not guilty. Wow. And maybe you would think that a close call like that would have scared him straight. Mm-hmm. Might have emboldened but, him. Actually. Well, he was out and he celebrated, and his old friend alcohol <laughs> sent him off to the races. And mm-hmm. off to the races, I mean, a really short-lived, shitty career as a bank and train robber. Oh my <clears> gosh! Okay. So, like I said, he tried to use his experience working with nitroglycerin uh, in his robberies, but most often the robbery attempts, he, he got a little overzealous and used too much of it. Oh. In March 1911, Elmer and three other men sent out set out to rob the Iron Mountain, Missouri Pacific train number 104 because right. they heard that the train was carrying a safe that had $4,000 that was supposed to be a royalty payment to the tribes up there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that works. Sure. So it would have been, it would have, it was supposedly containing $4,000, which is roughly $127,080 in today's money. Yeah. So it would have been and, a very large score. Absolutely. And that like $4,000, you split that certain ways you can buy land and set yourself up oh, with yeah. that if you wanted to. So yeah, a lot more money back then. Yeah. And they stopped the train, found the safe, Got to work. He put the nitroglycerin in there, lit the thing. Boom. The entire safe was destroyed, along with most of the money inside of it. (laughs) They ended up gathering up around $450 in silver coins. But most of the coins that were in there were actually melted and fused with the safe's blown out frame. So they didn't do too well. No, they didn't. It didn't stop them. Because next time I'll be better. Exactly. Elmer and two other men decide, you know what, maybe it'll be easier to rob a bank. On September 21st, 1911, the three enter the Citizens Bank in, oh, Chakatawa, Kansas. Yeah. Through a hole that they smashed in the wall with a hammer. They spent two hours banging through the wall to get in there. And once they did, he got to work with the nitro. He used the nitro to blow the door off the vault. Mm -hmm. And this time it destroyed everything inside the vault. (laughs) But the safe that was in there was in, was intact, so right. <laughs> still might might win here. He uses nitro one more time to blow up the safe that's inside the vault, but it didn't ignite. Nothing happened. The lookout got scared when it fizzled out and ran off, and Elmer and his other buddy took off with $150 in coins that were in a tray that didn't get blown up when they blew up the vault door. It's not a great score, is it, for a vault? No. Yeah, they <laughs> split up, and Elmer ended up you know, taking his what whatever $50 cut and went and got drunk at a friend's ranch in Kansas, ends up super wasted and comes up with his next plan. On October 4th, 1911, in Ocasa, Oklahoma, Elmer and his two buddies had this plan to rob a uh, Katy train that was coming 
uh, it was like a main line up, I think, from Katy, Texas through Oklahoma. It was supposedly carrying around $400,000, which would be Holy right shit. around uh, $12.7 Oh, that's crazy money now. That's like, I'm by half this state money. Kind oh, of yeah. Holy oh, shit. I'm going to buy all of this territory out here. You know what? I own the railroad now. Yeah. Hell, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Uh, the Donald Trump of bank robbers. Thank you, Wilsons. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got this plan. They know what mm. they're doing. They're going to get this train. And maybe they were all drunk at the, the time. Probably. But they stopped the wrong train. They stopped a passenger train by mistake and were able to make off with this amazing haul. You ready? Mm, okay. $46 from the mail clerk. Okay. Two carboys of whiskey, Ooh. a revolver, a coat, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the train conductor's watch. <laughs> was the watch any good? Or was I don't it know. Like a, a fake hanging Rolex or something like, this yeah, isn't I, a real hanging watch. <laughs> my God. It was, it was a dime store watch. <laughs> yeah. um, now, if you're like me and you have no idea what a carboy is, I had to go look it up and yeah, I'll save like you some that. Googling time. Okay. It's a rigid container that has a capacity from four to 60 liters. Okay. Um, Essentially, it comes from an Arabic word that I can't pronounce that sounds yeah. like carboy and means big jug. Okay, so great place to store your uh, your crafting materials, but not so useful for the life of a bank robber. Well, it was full of whiskey, so it was super <sighs> useful for him. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's big jugs of whiskey. Reason. Yeah, like, the... forget the money. I'm sorted. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> well, according to newspapers that uh, put out a story about the robbery, it was... Quote, one of the smallest in the history of train robberies. <laughs> God. He took off back to his friend's ranch. Uh, he showed up with the, the with the whiskey and apparently used the money somewhere along the way that he got. Or maybe he gave it away and just took the whiskey. He said, this is mine. But he showed up, parties his ass off, drinking these carboys of whiskey with some ranch hands all sure. the way into the next morning where he went and passed out in a hayloft. Of course. And. What he didn't know, though, was that he had been identified as a member of the gang that rob robbed the train. Oh, so there was a posse of three deputies that were like mm. on his trail with bloodhounds okay. and sorting him out. Yeah. And then the and hounds suddenly go, whoa, fucking hell. What is that? <laughs> that smells so strong. I don't want to follow the scent anymore. It smells like alcohol. This is too much. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's lucky he didn't spontaneously combust. I know. He's lying uh, in hay. My God. Yeah, the and the posse surrounds that hay shed and waits for daylight to come up. And according to a member of the posse, Sheriff Bob Fenton, around seven o'clock, Elmer took aim at him and started shooting. The posse started shooting back. It went on for around an hour, which seems like a really, really long time. Mm. But when it was over, Elmer was dead. He shot by wow. a, a single gunshot wound to the chest. And according to the medical report, he was shot while lying down. So... Oof. The account of how it went may have been different too. I think they've executed him there. Very well, could have. Yeah. I mean, I'd get mad at somebody if they shot at me too. Well, yeah. In <clears throat> fairness, that sounds like the worst fucking hangover of all time. Like, oh my god! Why are they in a hay bale? Why are there three men with guns outside? What the hell happened? <laughs> His hangover gets worse because normally it would be the end of the story when he was dead, mm -hmm. but. When his body was taken to an undertaker in Oklahoma, it mm. remained unclaimed. Remember, um, I said everybody was dead. His mom's dead. His uncle's course, dead. His yeah. grandpa's dead. 
Nobody's there. So the undertaker embalms him with an arsenic based preservative in order to keep the body around for a little longer, which I guess was a common practice back then when there was no immediate next of kin ready for the deceased. Oh yeah. Um, nobody showed up after long enough and the undertaker decided to, um, dress him up and put a rifle in his hand and prop him up in the corner because he actually refused to bury him or release the body to anybody until he was paid for his work. And he had a plan and that was to charge a nickel to visitors to come in and see the bandit who wouldn't give up. And it became a really popular attraction. He started Uh having uh, a lot of people coming to his funeral home, including carnival promoters, which Ah. were a big thing back then. On October 6, 1916, two men showed up claiming to be Elmer McCurdy's long-lost brothers and tried to claim the body. Mm. They went through a little bit of rigmarole, got the body, and said they were shipping it back out to California on a train to San Francisco, but really, they shipped it to Arkansas City, Kansas. And, oh yeah, those men that claimed to be brothers were really the owners of a traveling carnival. Yeah, fucking carny. (laughs) they came in and they grifted their way into that that was a very smart move but man well i believe he fell for that from here it gets real neat the mccurdy's corpse ends up going on to be a few a feature in the great patterson carnival shows and was famous as the outlaw who would never be captured alive okay he continued to travel around on the carnival unit until 1922 when he was sold to lewis sunny okay Sonny owned a museum of crime and it featured wax replicas of famous outlaws like Bill Doolin and Jesse James. Sure. But Elmer was no wax replica. It was yeah. really Elmer. It was a real deal. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he didn't know. But in 1928, Elmer's corpse was part of the official sideshow that went to went along with the Trans-American foot race. Oh. In 1933, his body ended up with director... Dwayne Esper to promote his exploitation film Narcotic and it's twisted because Elmer is placed in the lobby of theaters all along the tour as a a dead dope fiend who that's horrible yeah the director claimed that this dope fiend here had killed himself while surrounded by police after robbing a drugstore to support his habit so I kind of watched a little bit of that black and white movie and it's it's so like not a funny uh yeah is it like well, where they get every aspect of um, marijuana use completely wrong? Like someone goes completely deranged and. Well, to... Reefer Madness was at least funny and stuff. This one yeah. was just like, oh, heroin's. Oh, oh, that's horrible. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so the 1933 film Narcotic, if anybody wants to check mm. that out, yeah. uh, you'll know it was promoted with the actual real live dead body. Ugh, that's so grotesque, honestly. Um, by the time that he brought the body back, the skin was all hard and shriveled. And Ugh. he's like, I got no more use to this. It's no, like, whatever. Uh, and then Lewis sent him off with... Um, so, oh, no, wait, that's later. Sorry. Okay. Um, he, he ends up back with Lewis, and then he dies in 1949, and Elmer ends up in storage in Los Angeles nice. until 1964. And that's when his son Dan lends him to another filmmaker, and he was used in the uh, 
1967 film She Freak. I don't know how, <laughs> and I didn't look that one up. But if okay. you're interested, there's Elmer McCurdy's corpse is somewhere in that. Okay. In 1968, his body sold again and ends up, along with some other wax figures, uh, being sold for $10,000 to Spoonie Singh, who was the owner of the Hollywood Max Wax Museum at nice. the time. Mm-hmm. And he lent it out to a show at Mount Rushmore, where Elmer's corpse sustained damage in a windstorm, and the tips of his ears came off, and his Ooh. fingers and toes were blown off. Oh. And... That's that's when it was decided he was too gruesome for any more of his exhibits. And he was sold to the owner of the Pike, which was an amusement park in Long Beach, California. Wow. In 1976, Elmer McCurdy's mummified damaged corpse was found or was hanging as a uh, prop in the Laugh in the Dark Funhouse exhibit at the the Pike. That's disturbing. Yeah, and it was December 1976 when production crews who were filming scenes for the $6 million man (laughs) noticed, hey, Elmer's arm came off. And the prop guy's like, holy crap, there's a real human bone and some muscle tissue showing through here. Maybe I should call the cops. Yeah. So he calls the cops, and I've actually got some pictures, but I'm not going to share them. I'm just going to tell yeah. you, if you Google Elmer McCurdy and laugh after dark and all that stuff, you, you're going to get all the pictures you want of this Oof. nastiness. Yeah. Um, Trigger warning for that. Anyone who's not a huge fan of mummified flesh, that's probably going to be difficult, but yeah. Wow. You're not going to want to look at it. No. Um, on December 9th, they conducted an autopsy on the, the mummy body and found that it was human. It was a male who died of a gunshot wound to the chest. Mm-hmm. And it was completely petrified, covered in wax, and covered in layers of phosphorus paint from being a mm. prop all sure. over the place. Yeah. The nasty thing, this is trigger warning, plug your ears. There was still like hair visible on the back of his head. Ugh. And it was like you could see tissue in the toes and fingers where they were missing. <laughs> anyway. Uh, they dove into solving the mystery, and the thing that solved it for him, in the mo- for the most part, was in his mouth. They found a 1924 penny with ticket stubs to the Pike Sideshow and the oh. Lewis Sonny's Museum of Crime. Right. So obviously, then it's just a question of connecting the dots back there, looking at the history of those things. Wow, that's really good detective work. Yeah. Once they talked to L- Lewis's son Dan, it was confirmed. And that was December of, was that 76? By the 11th of December, the story was all over the place, the newspapers, television, radio, Mm -hmm. and a bunch of funeral homes were offering to do the burial for free, Mm -hmm. offer the services to to get him uh, interned. Okay. And they kind of held off to see if anybody would come forward to claim the body. And obviously Mm -hmm. nobody did. No, no descendants. So. On April 22nd, 1977, Elmer McCurdy was transported in a funeral procession to Boot Hill, um, hmm. which is a section of the Summit View Cemetery in Guthrie, Oklahoma. And his grave- graveside service was attended by around 300 people. And he was buried next to another famous outlaw, Bill Doolin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now get this. To ensure that his body would not be stolen... And travel around the country again. Again, yeah. They poured two feet of concrete over his casket. Yeah, smart. Uh, let the poor man rest in peace now. 
And that's it. That's the strange story of uh, what some people labeled the Old West's dumbest outlaw. Um, uh, y- yeah. <laughs> I would say that's fair. So uh, what do you think, man? Elmer McCurdy. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot to this. I think this, this is generally a story of two halves. Um, I think um, the first part, um, I just want to point out that a lot of great people in history have had great ideas in strange circumstances. Apparently, uh, Paul McCartney um, dreamt up yesterday in his in his sleep, like he had a dream, all the chords, fully imagined, only in his dream it was called Scrambled Eggs, um, not yesterday. Okay. Um, I can so see how that makes sense. Yesterday, Scrambled <laughs> Eggs. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, and also David Bowie uh, was in a recording studio and he said, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could be heroes just, just one time? And went to the toilet, and when he came back eight minutes later, he'd written the song "Heroes" while uh. having a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy seems to do all of his best thinking while he's pissed, and yeah. that is not. If you get a wave of inspiration when you're drunk, I guarantee it's not a good idea. It, <laughs> some of the worst ideas come about when people are drunk. They aren't the kind of things you should act on impulse because your impulses are completely impaired when you're drunk or high or in any other state of inebriation. And I would highly recommend that people take a moment to consider their drunk thoughts before they execute them, because you might end up dead in your 20s uh, execution style. And I guarantee that was what happened. Like, there's no way nobody dies in a gunfight while like on their back. (laughs) Yeah, doesn't happen unless you're executed. Little wow. known fact that I just made up right now. It was one of the deputy's brother whose watch they took. Oh, uh, yeah, there you go. That's, that that's makes probably sense. it. Yeah, revenge. <laughs> take my fucking brother's watch. Bloody beautiful timepiece, that one. Um, so, yeah. But what happened afterwards? Man, I think I've mentioned this before. So there's... I have a. I, I love going to museums and art galleries. That's, like, that's my fucking jam. I could spend days in those things, like anything you can think of I, I generally really enjoy them and one day i was looking for um like kind of a thing to do on a day off and um, my wife was going out with a friend uh to a place in the uk called tring we were living just north of london at the time and um she said oh we're going to the natural history museum in tring now the natural history museum i know is the thing in central london which is free to get into and it's got all these amazing, you got Charles Darwin statue, and it's just, it's really incredible giant bones of whales above. And um, yeah, I, I was like, oh, let me know what it's like, because I would love to go there. And she sent me pictures. And it turns out the Natural History Museum in Tring is just everything that Lord Roth, Rothschild has ever shot in his entire existence. So it's just like, oh. here's a dodo, here's another bird, here's a, it's just like a series of killed animals like i i have a real problem with taxidermied animals i think it's fucking horrible and i can't stand it i just it it creeps me out to a point where i'm like that's just gross why are you celebrating this why are you preserving it for like and like animal heads i just I, i can't cope with it i find it weird so to hear that a human being has been um fucking mummified or basically you know taxidermied and not only that not just kept on display like oh this is a dead outlaw like that i kind of be like okay it's like the early part of the 20th century that was a thing 
it was a curiosity and that's how people made money i'm kind of okay with that the accelerating pace at which this man's corpse was exploited by capitalism is fucking disturbing to me i oh it's nuts it's horrible it's like everything that should be wrong about the desecration of a corpse should have come into people's minds but at no point did any kind of moral thought about this man's dead maybe we should leave him alone they just it kept on exploiting him and i have a big problem with that so yeah well there's a weird disconnect that maybe i kind of glossed over too mm. is that he was killed in 1911 mm. and it was 1916 that those long lost brothers showed up to claim his body and send him out on the so he sat there for five years at that yeah. funeral home collecting nickels yes yeah, so that's a fair old amount of nickels right there especially if he was popular that's that's crazy it's um, yeah but i mean i guess that would be or could be how people would lose fact that it was a real person yeah i guess along. so like yeah maybe there was a bit of confusion in there but like it's it, it's horrible anyway in terms yeah. of like scoring this idiot i mean it's it's a very easy one this because you know he was really incompetent um mm -hmm. It's a classic case of stupidity. I mean, really, if he just like halved his measurement of explosives at any one point, maybe I should halve this. Maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe if he'd learned that lesson of maybe, you know, like I have this thing where I'm like, if I think I've done, um, like, I can't remember what, what the circumstances is, but when I think I've done enough, I always do like 10% more because I'm like, maybe I haven't done enough of this. Maybe the job isn't quite finished. Um, this guy should have done 50% less of everything yeah. he did. He'd have been a literal millionaire had he been smarter with his use of this this explosive, which back then, there were very few millionaires in well, at that point in time. It wasn't even necessarily the, the explosives part that kept him from being a millionaire. It was that they stopped a passenger train instead of the train with the money on it because they were probably drunk. Exactly, yeah. And also, um, the alcoholism, that's, that's going to play a huge part of um his ability to maintain his wealth but yeah um i think with this one i think i'm gonna go 82 Ooh, because okay. had he gone on longer i think i would have scored him higher like wow this guy does not fucking learn but actually it was a relatively short career as a criminal and mm -hmm. you know he didn't really accrue much wealth or exploit he was just like really shit and then he got killed because he was a drunk and yeah it was like it was a very short career had he gone on longer as a criminal then i could have give scored high but i don't think i can really i, I am happy with that i mean yeah i just think it's neat that he went on tour from 1916 <laughs> to 1976 yeah man 60 <laughs> years on the road that's the fucking Rolling Stones story right there. Holy shit. <laughs> Mick Jagger's like, oh, maybe I should buy a corpse. Maybe I could live with it. Um, He's not. I thought he was. I thought well, he was weekend at Bernie. At this point, <laughs> yeah, Jerry Hall sucked the life out of me. I've got nothing left. Um, so, so yeah, um, that was, um, what was his name? Elmer? Elmer J. McCurdy. Elmer J. McCurdy. That's, that's about as Western a name as you can get like it's a proper kind of it's a <laughs> cowboy name proper cowboy name oh my god so um from one kind of disastrous incompetent idiot to someone who it's very difficult to categorize 
I heard about the uh, this from uh, Sam O'Nella, a uh, Sam O'Nella video. Sam O'Nella is that a YouTuber's name? That's a great name. That's a great oh, yeah. fucking name. Oh my god, Sam O'Nella. Um, yeah, let's. I'm gonna have to go and check out Sam O'Nella's video now. It's better if you say it fast. Uh, yeah, thanks, Toasty. I'm gonna go and watch that. That's that's really disturbing. So yeah, from one truly incompetent idiot who was exploited after his death to someone who there's a lot of exploitation in it and i i think it's going to be up to you guys to decide whether this is deliberate or uh, part of a grand illusion but um i'll leave it to you so i'd like to tell you the story about um bell gibson and the art of marketing lies i just want to point out this is not Mel Gibson. This is <laughs> Belle Gibson. She is Australian, but she is not Mel Gibson's daughter, although equally as stupid. Annabelle <laughs> Natalie Gibson was born in uh, Lanston, Tasmania, making her a metaphorical Tasmanian devil, according mm. to interviews she was given. She left her Brisbane family home at the age of 12 to live with a classmate and later live with a family friend. It's immediately issues right there. Yeah. So at twelve, she just ran away to live with somebody. I don't know. If she ran away as such as she just sort of moved out and then kind of continued to move out. We'll we'll kind of get into her childhood much later on, but yeah, it's um, it's it's up for debate about how much of a, a terrible childhood she had. Really. Seems pretty early on. It's not starting well. Yeah, that's not a great start, really, is it? Um, Gibson attended Wynum State High School in Manly, Queensland, until dropping out in year 10, although she also later claimed to have been homeschooled. Um, starting to see a pattern here with conflicting information. Um, <laughs> she worked for some time as a trainee for a catering supply company, PFD Food Services, in Lighton, but social media reflected that by two, late 2008, she had relocated to Perth, Western Australia. Um, there, she was involved in skateboarding culture and actively participated in its online community. Gibson uh, subsequently moved from Perth to Melbourne in July 2009 and became a mother one year later at age 18. Okay. But we'll, we'll get to more of this in a bit. Uh, back in the uh, sorry, back in 2013, Bell created the Instagram account Healing Bell, um, which shared the story of a woman called Bell Gibson who had been diagnosed with malignant cancer, which she attributed to a reaction to the Gardasil cervical cancer vaccine. Hmm. So the cancer vaccine gave her gave cancer? Her cancer. Yeah, that's what she that's said. That's not how that works. No, that's really not how that works. Um, she, yes, but vaccines and giving you diseases, people don't understand how they work. Uh, she claimed she was given between 6 to 16 weeks to live, but was miraculously beating the odds by being alive years later. She said that her cancer had been arrested and it was still sort of there, but it had stopped growing. So she was oh. just dealing with it. Um, she claimed traditional treatments like chemo and radiotherapy didn't work and actually made her worse, which, I mean, anyone who's been through any form of cancer treatment, it's it's horrible. I'm actually on, this is a random little fact now, for my Crohn's disease, I'm on a very low-level um, chemotherapy drug um, called azathioprine. It was used, I think, in the treatment of cancer patient, patients in the past, not anymore. Um, 
I have to take it right before I go to sleep. It's fucking horrible. And I it, imagine. yeah, I, this is why I don't sleep very much. I have to take uh, a very horrible, toxic uh, balance, which is slightly better than having Crohn's disease all the time. But um, yeah, it makes my, my nights very difficult because I feel sick and it's very difficult to get to sleep when you've got stuff like that. And did she yeah, tear? <laughs> Sorry, what? I said that sucks, man. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. I'm used to it. You know, I, I have poison in my diet every uh -huh. day, and uh, I also occasionally eat McDonald's. <laughs> um, did she tear her town apart by turning into a tornado? No, not quite. But lies did. Um, so, um, she claimed that she had six to sixteen weeks to live, but she was outliving it by years. She claimed traditional treatments like chemo and radiotherapy weren't working and actually made her worse. She goes on to describe changing her approach by quitting all of her treatments, all of them, and altering her diet to cut out dairy, gluten, preservatives, GMO foods, sugar, and meat. We're starting to see a problem here. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> FYI, by the way, there's there's going to be a bunch of people who listen to this. Um, GMO foods may be against like, genetically modified foods. Um, I've got a, a bit of a, a wake-up call for you. Anything you're eating right now even if you're completely against GMO foods, is genetically modified. We've been selectively growing and altering all of our food for literally thousands of years. Even the most basic vegetables look nothing like they did 2,000 years ago. Those are all genetically modified. Yeah, well, you like apples? You like avocados? <laughs> yeah. that, they're genetically modified because you have to splice a viable tree onto another tree because if you just plant an apple seed, you get crab apples and they taste like crab. If you want to fuji or green delicious grandma green apple yeah. whatever it has to be modified to get that exactly so i get that people are concerned about the changing of food however none of the food you eat none of it is truly close to being original it's about as close to the original version as a chihuahua is to a wolf it is completely <laughs> removed from the reality of where it began my daughter's chihuahuas would have argued that they oh, are wolves i will not fuck with them I, i've seen two hours in the wild <laughs> they're pretty dangerous um so yeah um bell um also undertook treatments like oxygen therapy which I, I i think that might just be like hyperbaric chamber stuff you know like when people get the bends and they're put in like oh, okay. a tank and stuff i think that might be it i know that um wrestler called daniel bryan and it's been happening a lot after the um the results of concussion therapy kind of came like okay. when we discovered that concussions were so dangerous people started using hyperbaric chambers i know daniel bryan had a huge problem with concussions and he came out of retirement years after being forced to retire by doing various treatments including hyperbaric ch chamber treatments and he's had no issues since oh. so oxygen therapy is a viable thing don't think it treats cancer though no, so cte and concussion stuff and yeah and exactly depends. And the bends. Uh, she also had salt therapy, which um, I think I've seen. Like, there's there's these spa things you can go to where you can get like a, um, <laughs> it's like a Himalayan salt bath. You essentially you sit on a chair in a room, and okay. like there's a bunch of lamps behind a giant salt wall, and like the salt just seeps through. It's like being in a sauna, only it's salt instead of like, like okay, heat. 
Um, I mean, I was thinking you just float in like the salt water. Yeah, just like just lie in it. Which sounds yeah. either of those sounds fucking fine to me, to be honest. If someone wants to give me a, a, a voucher for a salt treatment, all on board with that. Um, <laughs> vitamin treatments, which again, that's that's great. If you need to get more vitamins in your your body, I had to do that at certain points with Crohn's disease. Totally on board with that. Um, Ayurveda, Ayurvedic treatments. No like fucking stuff? idea what that is. What's in- that? Like intravenous, like I don't know. It's um a y u r v e d i c. I didn't bother researching it because those like, treatments. Yeah, those I'm sure <laughs> great for cancer. Um, and also regular colonics. Hooray! Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, that'll help the cancer. Just shitting your brains out. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, I have na- I have natural colonics all the time. It's um, I wonder if she rubbed snake oil. On her body, I hear that cures everything. Yeah, so. well, I thought you had to drink it or smell it or wait. Oh yeah, oh, like snort it or something. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Brussels sprouts, broccoli, and lettuce too. I, I I like Brussels sprouts. Like if you've not had, um, let me think about how I did this now. Christmas time. So if you quickly fry Brussels sprouts in a shitload of butter and garlic, mm-hmm. man, that is that is a tasty treat right there. And then also if you can. Wrap it in bacon. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I've bacon. got leftover bacon and some like fist-sized Brussels sprouts from my last every plate that I failed to use for anything. So I think That's I'm going to do that now. Yeah, yeah. Loads of butter in the pan over a medium heat. Chunks of garlic, and then like cook all that together, and then uh, cook the bacon in the same. Or maybe cook the bacon first, actually, then you can get the the fat Ooh. from that. And then you wrap the the Brussels sprouts with the bacon, and oh man, it's so. Yep, no. I'm doing that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was so tasty at Christmas. Um, and also, uh, she claimed that this not only halted her cancer, but effectively cured it. Her Instagram story captured the imaginations of people on social media and inspirational porn-loving media outlets across the world. Um, yeah, what? That's a big problem. Okay, I should probably elaborate on that. There's a thing, a phenomenon, particularly in the last like 15 years, called inspiration porn. So... It's a story of someone who maybe has a disability or has like some something, you know, that's gone wrong in their lives. And they are held up by other people as like brave. Okay. Yeah. This is such an inspiration. They're so brave when actually a lot of people with disabilities who aren't participating in this actively are like, actually, that's quite condescending. I'm just trying to live my life. I'm not this icon of human suffering that you've put on. Like, I am just trying to live my life. Like <laughs> I've had, I've heard people, I remember when I was much younger and I'll talk about this a little bit later on. I had heart surgery when I was 15 and um, I, I, a teacher came up to me and he was like, oh, you're so brave. I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> this has to happen. Otherwise I will die. So yeah. not, not brave, just not wanting to die. I think that's kind of a natural human impulse. So Right. Know. I think, I don't know, it's pretty brave to not want to die, I think. Uh, yeah. We're yeah. all very brave. We're all brave. Thank you for brave people for not dying. Good choices. Uh, <laughs> so inspiration, porn, loving outlets across the world. And she did interview after interview about um, her life-altering approach and treatment regimen. Uh, people all over the world heard her story and were captivated by it, including fellow Australian Kylie, not Minogue who in 2013 <laughs> was six months into her 
intensive, grueling chemotherapy treatment for her recently diagnosed lymphoma. Ooh. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, a quick internet search led her to the perfectly curated Instagram profile of Belle, who at this point had over 300,000 followers. I Each still post... haven't figured out how to do that. I know, I know. It's, <laughs> you've got to, you've got to, you've got to be ill, oh, apparently. Um, like each Beastie po- Boys. Yeah, yes, that's it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's a good joke. Um, each post was flooded with adoring comments from followers from around the world. Kylie was in awe of what she had found. Belle was beautiful. She was successful. She was inspiring to so many people. She was the ultimate goal. Gibson um, launched the Whole Foods Pantry mobile app in August uh, of 2013 at 21. I may have jumped the gun on that, uh, but we'll we'll get onto that a little bit later. Okay. Um, Kylie couldn't help but make a comparison to herself while she was undergoing daily chemotherapy, losing all her hair, and about to have her 18th lumbar puncture. Oof. Ooh. Yeah, if you don't know, a lumbar puncture is a procedure where a thin needle is inserted between the bones in your lower spine. It's horrible. You feel that every inch of it. Um, Bell was selling the recipe to the miraculous cure, uh, cancer-free lifestyle she had dreamed of. I thought uh, maybe she got the right idea. Maybe I'm doing it all wrong says Kylie. Um, I'm dying on the inside, getting worse with every single treatment. I look horrendous, and she's out there living her best life. Enchanted by the idea of taking control of her own treatment, Kylie bought Belle's recently published cookbook and recently created app The Whole Pantry. The brand was backed by one of the biggest publishers, Penguin, and technology giant Apple. Oh. Yeah. We'll get to that. Hmm. Um, dis- credibility all of a sudden. Exactly. And that's the problem. Desperate to get better. Kylie woke up one day to go to the hospital and she decided that she was fed up with all of the poking and prodding. I feel that shit to my core. But don't don't stop doing chemo, please. Uh, chemo wasn't working for me. I said I should come off and try clean eating. Belle was saying what she was doing was curing her cancer. It was making it better. I had her there to look at as proof. I had her on my phone. She was in magazines. She was on the news. So I trusted her. After Belle Gibson launched the whole pantry app, it was downloaded. Uh, it was reportedly downloaded 200,000 times in the Ooh. first month, earning Big numbers, man. That's big numbers. $750,000 in its debut month alone. Mm, That's a lot. That's Mel's app? No. Bell. Bell. Bell's app, sorry. (laughs) We can't pin this one on Mel Gibson. I'm sorry. He's he's free and clear of this one. No anti-Semitism. Some other Australian Gibson. Yeah, another Australian called Gibson who's awful. Um, so Gibson soon signed uh, a book deal with Lantern Books, an imprint of Penguin Books, for an accompanying tabletop cookbook, which was published in October 2014. She further worked for she further worked for months with Apple Inc. at their HQ, and in September of 2014, transitioned the app to function as a privileged pre-installed default third-party inclusion in Apple Watch's April 2015 launch, which, as far as endorsements go, is about as good as it gets when one of the biggest companies in the world is packaging your app with a device 
uh, that it's spent years on, it's essentially saying to most people that this is safe and trustworthy. That's what I would think. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. You think if there's it's... no way all of these people have not done their due diligence, right? You would hope. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would hope that the news and TV media people would have done their due diligence and found out whether or not she had cancer before they started it, credibilizing exactly. her. It's it, no, no, it's basic journalism, double confirmation on everything you do. You get one source, you get a second source, then you go to print. It's it's the golden standard of journalistic integrity. And you would assume that everyone does it. But we're in the era of Breitbart. Not everybody looks for double oh, yeah. confirmation. Um, however, all was not well with Bell. Um uh, so, that's, that's a really poorly. It shouldn't be that funny, but it, it is. Uh, just before the launch of the Apple Watch at her son's fourth birthday party, Bell collapsed and had a seizure that lasted an hour. Friends and friends, family, and the children present were all distraught. But she told them not to call an ambulance, and it was okay. She had seizures; they just weren't normally that intense. Two weeks later, she took to her Instagram account to relay the story to her followers. This is the first time anyone heard about it. Uh, to say that she had also been diagnosed with her third and fourth cancer, which had spread to her blood, spleen, brain, uterus, and liver, and kidneys. She mentioned kidneys. Doesn't that just make you cancer at that point? Essentially, You're yeah. just cancer now. I mean, basically, other than your bones, pretty much everything else has cancer, I think. Um, she said that despite this diagnosis, she, would, she wouldn't let her fans down, would continue to work on her whole life approach and promote her book and app. Um, around this time, Gibson, report, Gibson reportedly told prospective business partner, a prospective business partner, I should say, that uh, she had several names that she went under. And in her interview with the Australian Women's Weekly, she claimed that her mother changed her name five times. A few more okay. red flags right there. Um, hmm. Gibson's corporate filings um, indicated that she was actually three years younger than she claimed publicly. <laughs> So she added years on. This also means potentially that depending on how this story is unfolded, because I couldn't find back of this, she may actually have been pregnant when she was 15. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So, well, that would, yeah, if she was three years old, that would, mm. at least it would make her look younger than she is. Sure. Well, yeah. And I guess it's part of the wellness thing, isn't it? You've got to look healthy and to look healthy, you've got to look young, apparently. So, that's that's part of it and if you're saying to people oh i'm 25 but actually you're you're 22 or whatever and you've you know maybe not right. cancer you look then great. You, probably, you look great for 25 <laughs> and full of cancer apparently um so by early 2015 it was estimated that in excess of two million dollars had been made in the sales of the whole pantry app and the book that's 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 got to be on the conservative side i think it's way higher than that um, Gibson chronicled her battle with cancer on a blog of the same name, but doubts about her claim surfaced after she failed to deliver on a promised $300,000 donation to charity. So, before doubts were raised about her charitable donations, Gibson had intended to expand her brand beyond the app, having earlier registered the domain The Whole Life and advertised in December 2014 to recruit an IT specialist to expand the app and brand portfolio. Both the whole party app and the whole life were registered by Gibson's partner, Clive Rothwell, in her corporate name. The whole pantry registrar was uh, amended in March 2015 and after the controversy broke. 
Um, while the whole pantry was unequivocally uh, has unequivocally denied that Gibson ever helped anyone to reject conventional cancer treatment, Gibson has been quoted from her social media posts as claiming that she had countless times helped others to forego conventional medical treatment from cancer to treat themselves naturally, naturally, as well as leading them down uh, natural therapy for everything from fertility, depression, bone damage, and other types of cancer. Are we starting to see the shape of skeletons in the closet in the distance? Yeah. 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 Man, I... I think we did another guy that was like an alternative medicine mm. sort of guy. Yeah, uh, we did. Whole food, raw food sort mm -hmm. of stuff. And you know what? I, I agree with all of that. Yeah, eat good. Do yeah. Do the best that you can to not absolutely do garbage things. But yeah, go to a doctor. Yeah, also see doctors for fuck's sake. Um, but yeah, and actually a part of me can understand why Apple got in on this. Because if you remember the last like couple of years of Steve Jobs' life, he gave up on cancer, traditional cancer treatments because they weren't working for him and decided to basically eat nothing but fruit, I think. Um, yeah. And it, it didn't like work. Yeah, he was yeah. a fruitarian. It didn't work. He died um, yeah. as a result of that. And, you know, who's to say whether he would have lived or not? But, you know, um, it didn't work for him. And she, it seems to be working for her. So Apple were like, oh, well, maybe she's found the thing and, you know, we're founded by this guy who died as a result of this. So we'll get involved. But you check stuff first. Um, so she previously claimed that she had undergone heart surgery several times and to have momentarily died on the operating operating table. Gibson also claimed to have had a stroke. However, she was unable to substantiate her medical claims, nor name the doctor who diagnosed and treated her. She also did not bear any surgical scars from her apparent heart operations. Now, going back to my heart surgery, I've had heart surgery, and they went in through a vein in my leg, which is a horrible experience for me. But I have no scars as a result of that. I just, you know, they went in through a vein in my leg, and it was very quick. So, you know, she could kind of get around it, if she used, you know, I had, you know, cardiac catheterization, that's a, a, a way of getting around the scars. However, you know, if you're dying on the operating table, then the best thing they can do if they're having heart surgery is to get to the fucking heart with the paddles. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Gibson and the whole pantry statements regarding the benefits of exercise, healthy eating and positive mindsets were uncontroversial, being widely acknowledged as conducive to holistic well-being so just general good advice anyway yeah know? i was gonna say but i don't call it medical that's just no. good advice that's just good health advice yes live a good life relax have you know self-help treatments have therapy have you know wellness stuff you know go on spa days eat oh, yeah. well if you can no one's gonna no one should criticize you if you can't do that but do your best. Don't use it as a cancer treatment. That's a different thing. However, on her now-deleted Instagram account and on other social media, Gibson also promoted more controversial and dangerous um, alternative medical practices, including uh, Gerson therapy, anti-vaccination, and the consumption of non-pasteurized raw milk, which... That's dangerous. Fuck would you do that? Um, You're going to get sick. Yeah, Louis Pasteur is the greatest French scientist of all time. And, you know, are you really doubting the work of a man who saved tens of millions of lives through his revolutionary work? 
drink pasteurized milk for fuck's sake. The highly controversial Gibson, uh, Gerson therapy had similarly promoted by um, another Australian wellness blogger, Jessica Ainsco, Ainscoff, um, whose funeral Gibson had attended when Ainscoff died of cancer in late February 2015. Uh-huh. Yeah, didn't work. Approximately 97% of the Australian population under seven years of age are immunized. Federal vaccination policy heavily penalizes parents who refuse to vaccinate their children by denying access to significant welfare and other benefits worth approximately 11,700 Australian dollars a year. Now, um, so she's essentially encouraging people to miss out on that money. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure penalizing people um for not vaccinating their kids like there's a long debate i absolutely agree that immunizing your kids is the absolute right thing to do and you should be doing it it's you know if you want you know to be a good parent you want your kid to have a long and successful life get them their jabs but i don't know if financially penalizing people is a great way of encouraging them to do that yeah i mean that's again the 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 ends of it like if i had a kid that wasn't able to be get get the jabs because of whatever um i would be more fervent on wanting other people to get theirs to help protect mine but at the same time you know just do it if you can if you can't but don't be a dick and try to do it to just be an ass or not do it to just be an ass because i don't have to yeah because because i have freedom well you know, that freedom might come at a cost, mate. Uh, Louis Pasteur was a fascist in line with the New World Order, quote from a web series. Uh, yeah, because he saved lives. Yeah, it's kind of world, New World Order. Trying to anybody with people the, alive as possible. Well, anybody with the, the immunization stuff is tied in with that sort of thing. So oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Going right the way back to the people who cured smallpox. Those bloody boot, jackboot wearing fucks. So uh, the sale of raw milk for human consumption is actually illegal in Australia. And in Victoria, one three-year-old died and another four-year-old child under the age of, sorry, another four children, sorry, under the age of five became seriously ill after consuming non-pasteurized milk in 2014. It's just, just drink pasteurized milk. It's a really fucking straightforward thing, right? So they, I guess, you know, the thinking... Because it, it, I think it's illegal most of the places here. Mm. There was a big thing yeah. around that same time with unpasteurized yeah. milk. I, th- I think people just assume, oh, if it's natural and it comes straight from the from the teat, it's <laughs> got to be okay and safe. But you know, you don't go just eating yeah. raw fish out of your lake either. You exactly, <laughs> might want to make sure they got worms and shit. Yeah, check that shit. And also, like, I understand the theory of if you are on a farm. Oh yeah, we drank milk every morning from the cow yeah because you're getting it like literally half an hour before it's not sitting in a fucking glass vase for a day cultivating all sorts of horrible shit you know so straightforward anyway as mel uh, i did it again as gibson's (laughs) claims were being scrutinized allegations emerged that charitable contributions raised in 2013 and 14 had not been given to their intended causes gibson denied the claims but fairfax media revealed that she had failed to hand over proceeds solicited in the name of five charities and had grossly overstated the company's total donations to different causes 
two charities confirmed to the Australian newspaper that Gibson's company had used their names in fundraising drives but had either failed to deliver the donations or had inadequately account- accounted for the funds. Boo! Wow, now she's robbing charities. She's fucking stealing from charities. What is wrong? Oh, Gibson had claimed on a number of occasions in 2014 that the whole pantry had donated approximately $300,000 to charities, including maternal health care in developing nations, medical support for children with cancer, and funding schools in sub-Saharan Africa in late 2014. When the whole pantry was pre-installed on the Apple iPad, Gibson claimed through her Instagram account to be working with 20 different charities. Gibson has long claimed in her LinkedIn professional network profile, which I checked, it doesn't exist anymore, uh, established in February 2013 to be a philanthropist. Gibson eventually admitted in relation to fraud proceedings that she had seriously overstated the level of charity, the charitable uh, contributions that had been made subsequent media reports in 2015 revealed that it could only be uh, ascertained that an estimated seven thousand dollars of the previously claimed three hundred thousand thousand dollars had been donated to a total of three charities with at least one thousand of the seven thousand dollars reportedly having been donated only after gibson became aware of the Fairfax media investigation into her earlier claims. She gave up the money because she thought it would make the story go away. Right. She got caught. <laughs> yeah. And then she's she like, didn't even give what she got caught He's grand. For. He's grand. <laughs> That'll smooth things over. No, we want the other 293,000, please. Well, see, he she should have gave that to Michael Cohen and had them deliver it for her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would definitely have made it to his desired location. <laughs> into his giant houses um Uh, (laughs) fuck that guy um super super fucking dodgy this i swear to god also in march 2015 the parents of a young child with brain cancer oh it's about to get so much worse whom gibson had befriended came forward to report that they had been unaware that gibson had earlier been claiming to be fundraising for the child's treatment on their behalf Oh, you garbage human. Yeah, the family had never received any funds from her or the whole pantry app and suspended Gibson uh, suspected Gibson had been using the information gleaned from the family's experiences to underpin her own claims to have brain cancer. That's fucking gross. Wow. Yeah. Dude, it her doesn't get any lower. So high. You've not only stolen from this family, you've taken the claims of this child and woven it into your own bullshit. <sighs> Awful. She's Um, getting a big score. Oh, yeah, she's getting a big score. um, As the controversy grew, questions began to be raised about Apple, Penguin, and the Australian media's lack of due diligence in the prima facie accepting of Gibson's claims of having multiple cancers, an issue taken up by the ABC's Media Watch program. Yes, always Mm. get double confirmation. It's a basic tenet of journalism. What is wrong with you people? Uh, I I'm mad at the publisher thing because I can't yeah. get stuff published and like I actually did the stuff I said I did exactly it's it's all it's all <laughs> about an aspect of it is about profile if you are a big name you're fucking J.K. Rowling you want to publish a book under a second name called Corma yeah. and Strike then you're <laughs> going to get that published what a fucking terrible name um and yeah you know oh i want to change my name i don't want i don't want my actual name attached to this okay joanne 
You can be called Derek <laughs> Sumsbury or some bullshit like that. Um, Apple Inc., in response to media inquiries in, in March 2015, declined to remove the whole pantry app from sale stating that it was only concerned about the functionality of the app. That is some horrible bullshit right there. Oh, my God. Um, uh, however, go on. No. <laughs> You're angry. I can see it uh, in your face. It works. It works. That's all we care about. Um, yeah. However, the whole Pantry app was soon thereafter removed from inclusion in the Apple Watch launch. Apple subsequently deleted the app from the Apple iStore, the Apple Store, sorry, and removed it from uh, the Apple Watch promotional material, thank God. Apple um, has not provided any public comment regarding the reasons behind the removal of the app, but an internal email from an Australian executive to the company's US office acknowledged that the removal would be the subject to comment. Yeah, just pretend it never happened. And, you know, <laughs> we didn't even ask the most basic questions. Apple's response to fucking everything. Just like, oh, it never happened. History yeah. rewritten huh? already. What are you talking about? I don't, I don't remember app. that. You're full of shit. <laughs> uh, Lantern Books, when initially approached by investigative journalists, claimed, to, claimed it had not confirmed the validity of Gibson's cancer claims as it, um, it was not required for a cookbook. <laughs> okay. Like cop out. Yeah, I mean, uh, what, but do what's you have the story to... in the cookbook, though? Because otherwise, it's just recipes. Yeah. Also, like that's like the selling point. Like, essentially, this is a vegan cookbook, right? There are millions of those fucking things. None of them have got like. I heard, I heard all of the cancers, and I had to get better. Um, none of them have got that story. This is the reason it's sold. So, yeah, unless you want to move your cookbook to the fucking fiction section. You've got to do a little back fact-checking, for God's sake. This um, recipe cures cancer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is now alongside Harry Potter in the fucking fiction <laughs> section. Soon after, as the controversy uh, controversy grew, Penguin withdrew the book from sale, citing a lack of uh, response from Gibson to inquiries related to the media accusations. So basically, she's not returning their calls. However, Fairfax reported that Penguin had, prior to the publication of the book, already quizzed and videotaped Gibson on her cancer story, as recounted in the, pre uh, the preface. Preface. I can never say that word. Penguin <laughs> agreed to pay 30000 Australian dollars to the Victorian Consumer Law Fund as a penalty for failing to validate the factual content of the book. Here's some pocket change. Make it go away. Please. It works if you dollars. give enough. It's got to be way more than 1000 I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But also like 30,000 Australian dollars. I guarantee they made 10 times that much from the fucking book. Um, oh, yeah. L Australia magazine publisher published by Bauer Media Group admitted the following um, that following a laudatory December 2014 story on Gibson, they had received but ultimately dismissed anonymous claims that she was fabricating her story. They were warned and they ignored it. They didn't even check. Like they didn't, they're mm, fucking journalists. They didn't even check. <laughs> like a sec. Yeah. Who, who's your doctor? Yeah. Uh, uh, Pepper. His last name is Pepper. <laughs> um, a second Bauer magazine, Cosmopolitan, which had been a, which had awarded Gibson its 2014 Fun Fearless Female Social Media Award, admitted that it had received and dismissed a similar email. Fucking these journalists See? aren't journalisting. Well, okay, on top of her being a crappy person, now she's taken a spot from somebody that actually might have yeah. deserved it, too. Someone who may have been going through actual shit 
and deserved that award. I say might have. She took it away from somebody that deserved it, probably. She definitely did, yeah. After Gibson's confessions, the magazine decided not to strip her of the award, stating that she had been re-denominated and re-devoted. Yeah, it's the reader's fault, not ours. However, a month (laughs) earlier, Cosmopolitan's associate editor stated that they put forward the nomination myself, indicating that the magazine, not the public, had been instrumental in promoting Gibson's award. They chose her and sent her out to the public like this is the information we've not checked isn't it inspirational oh vote for her this oh is a god. this is a series of pr failures from a massive amount of huge companies bauer media apple penguin l cosmopolitan they all look like they're run by fucking village idiots at this point to be fair i think we all just gave people a lot more credit for yeah. being smart and good at their mm-hmm. jobs and there's just so many people that just yeah. suck just as bad as you i mean oh, me. i know i mean you know the average person that doesn't I, like the job i know i've worked for a lot of media organizations in my time and the shocking amount of like how the hell have you got this job and kept it for so long you encounter that a lot in some of these organizations so this doesn't entirely surprise me there are some really good people working in a lot of these places but unfortunately the amount of like bodies you need in an organization at any one time means that there are going to be people that slip through the gaps and yeah. sometimes there's more than there should be um but i am just staggered at the response of these people i kind of understand the psychology behind it because you don't want to be that person that's like are you sure you've got cancer you don't right. want to be that person but it's a basic function of covering stories like this. You do the research. We do so much research for this fucking podcast. Can't you do it for a, a publication that's going to be read by hundreds of thousands of people or an interview that's going to be seen by millions? I just realized what I'm going to do right now. I, uh, I've i got a book idea for Penguin mm. about okay. this time I went to the moon. Nice. Don't ask anybody. No. <laughs> I was there. Just I had me. all it's... of the materials. I built it myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah come on man yeah oh i had cancer did you though did you what was it like yeah I mean... what kind of cancer it's malignant yeah but where um it's everywhere here all of the cancer i have seen <laughs> the idiot and the idiot are us yeah i you, i agree a lot of people <laughs> bought this i i think it, the thing is i have a level of cynicism in my mind and I try not to verbalize it all the time because I'm aware that being cynical of everything is not great, especially like some like really quite serious stuff. Shouldn't really verbalize that shit. But Oops. I would have had one or two alarm bells, just like, hmm, elements of this aren't working for me. Uh, maybe someone should check this. So, <laughs> toastoid, what kind of cancer? Yes. <laughs> it's the answer. Oh, think about that, though. You're doing the cookbook or you're taking this story from somebody that said they had cancer and this is mm-hmm. how they cured it yeah. or addressed it or got better <laughs> and mm-hmm. stopped it from growing, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah. Would you not want some sort of confirmation that that existed at all? Exactly. But also thinking about this, if this is an inspirational story cookbook thing, wouldn't the best person to give a foreword for a book like this be the doctor that treated her for cancer yes would that not be the ideal person for a a foreword on this there's your red flag 
Oh yeah, no, they're they're not practicing. I can't find them. I can't remember the name. Blah, blah, blah. Like you had cancer, <laughs> yeah. you remember that shit. Oh, and yeah. I think they'd be happy to go on the record for something like that, especially if it worked. So yeah, that should have been their first thought. Penguin, you fucking idiots. Um, a convention, uh, sorry, a conventional cancer research professional from the Garvin Institute of the Medical Research. Uh, of medical research, sorry, also went public to state that by failing to conduct basic fact-checking and providing unfiltered PR to Gibson's untested claims, an uncritical media had been complicit in her scam. Yes, they were. And potentially, people bought into this. How many deaths are they potentially slightly responsible for? Gosh. You know? Yeah, Even some... if it's one person. The one person that got off chemo to go eat, uh, yeah, raw poor Kylie, milk. yeah, that's she. You know, she <clears throat> got worse on this stupid diet, and eventually found out it was a scam before it was too late. But that could have killed her, and you published that shit. Yeah, and how many people did you not hear about that tried it and got sick and didn't realize it and just yeah. bought in and? She had 300,000 followers on Instagram alone, and she was on every fucking media outlet in Australia and on Apple. That spread it across the world. Anyway, once the controversy surfaced in the media, the whole pantry uh, began removing any comments made on its since-deleted Facebook page that questioned Gibson's claims, asserting that these comments were only add to the misinformation of the initial Fairfox article. Sure, buddy, that's classic. Um classic shit behavior i'm just going to delete the comments and pretend nothing's happening yeah the selective deletion drew even more negative comments barbara streisand ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's the streisand effect right there uh simultaneous posts uh, sorry simultaneously posts that gibson had made on her instagram account that made reference to her cancers or charitable donations were also selectively deleted soon after all posts were deleted from gibson and the whole pantry's instagram accounts Around the same time, the individual postings about Gibson's cancer and claims of having died briefly while under heart surgery were also being selectively deleted by the administrator of her blog at the request of a user. Sure, my podcast cures eczema. Yes, our podcast cures gonorrhea. There you go, hey, folks. Yeah. I thought it gave them gonorrhea. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. That's, that's, <laughs> that's possibly another Gibson's um, soon after <laughs> all posts were deleted. Yeah. I've read that part already. What's the matter with me across um, accounts across a number of social media platforms were soon either abandoned, made private or deleted in their entirety. Gibson subsequently established another Facebook account under the alias Harry Gibson. Okay. Uh, mm. Which was made private and used to hit back at Facebook followers questioning her claims or speaking to the media. You can't even think to change your own fucking last name, love. You're still was using she, the Gibson name. Was she pretending to be her brother or cousin or something? Yeah. Hey, you leave my sister soccer. alone. You leave my sister alone. She had the cancers. Um, in late 2015, sorry, in, sorry, in late April 2015, Gibson gave an interview to the Australian Women's Weekly in which she admitted to having fabricated all of her cancer claims. She's finally come clean. Gibson attributed her deceit to her upbringing and specifically to neglect by her now estranged mother, claiming to have been forced to take care of herself and her brother since the age of five. The, event, the interview was, however, described as an admission of deceit without expression of regret or an apology, which is you're starting to see something slightly sociopathic going on here, right? Yeah. I did it. 
are you sorry? Uh, what, what what was that? I didn't hear. Um, huh? Yeah, in in May 2015, in in a May 2015 interview with the same magazine, Gibson's mother, Natalie Dalbello, refuted sev- uh, sev- sorry several claims Gibson had made about her family, including the false claim that her brother was autistic. She's pathological at this point. She she claimed her brother had autism. He doesn't. Harry, her brother Harry. Uh, maybe it was. Yeah. Maybe this is a different, maybe this is another fictitious Gibson. Um, Gibson's Women's Weekly interview was arranged by Bespoke Approach, and Gibson was provided pro bono representation by the company during the interview. She turned the money into gold and buried it somewhere. This is starting it like, where's all of her fucking money gone? In June 2015, during the controversy, Gibson was rumored to have received 45,000 Australian dollars for an interview with nine networks, 60 minutes. That You should not be giving her money for this shit. Now Come this is now. after she's already found out. Now they're this giving is after her money. she's admitted. Yeah, here's still 40, paying here's forty grand. Tell us about how you were an asshole. Yeah, tell us about your lies. Here's money for it. Consumer Affairs Victoria brought legal action against Gibson for allegedly breaking Australian consumer law. Allegedly, uh, the regulator regulator said it had conducted an in depth investigation of Gibson's activities and applied to Australia's federal court for leave to pursue legal action. On the 15th of March, 2017, Federal Court Justice Deborah Mortimer delivered the decision that most, but not all, of the claims against Gibson were proven. Gibson did not appear in court for the decision. Justice Mortimer found that Gibson's claims had been misleading and deceptive and that Miss Gibson had no reasonable basis to believe she had cancer from the time she became she began making these claims in public to promote the whole pantry cookbook and the apps in the middle of 2013 but there was no there was not enough evidence and this is the point there's not enough evidence to prove that she was not acting out of delusion and herein lies the problem is she a sociopath or is she so deluded that she thinks she had cancer I'm leaning towards sociopath myself. Yeah. I mean, can you be that delusional and not be requiring like caretaking? I don't think you can. I don't think you can function with that level of delusion in a normal way. I'd imagine other parts of your life would spill over into the delusion and you'd have to be committed. I think so. Yeah. I think you'd at very least have to have a, a, like a, an caretaker at the house yeah for sure um, yeah exactly i i feel like uh, that's a bit that's the judge saying i can't know for certain because this is so extreme it's impossible to tell but i i think we can lean on the side of just a habitual liar at this point in yeah. september 2017 gibson was fined four hundred and ten thousand australian dollars for making false claims about her donations to charity by april 2019 a year and a half later, Gibson had not yet paid any of the fine, and authorities were seeking power to charge her with contempt of court. A new trial was set for the 14th of May, and she faced an undetermined number of uh, number of years in jail if she did not attend. By mid-September 2019, Gibson still had not paid, claiming to be flat broke, and Consumer Affairs Victoria was still seeking to enforce the penalty. In a 2017 letter later released by the federal court, Gibson had stated that she was $170,000 in debt and had $5,000 in her name. But look, I've got a house. I guess that's part of the debt. I, I, complicated anyway. Um, yeah. Well, we'll go, we'll go um, with debt. Okay. I'm sure I, she I, buried the money. 
She's got a house. She's got a house. Five thousand uh, dollars. I got her beat. I got neither one of those, and I got that debt. <clears throat> I have a house. I, don't, I sure as fuck don't have five thousand dollars because it's all in the house. Like it's all here. <laughs> so. Um, on the 22nd of January 2020, the Sheriff's Office of Victoria raided Gibson's home in Northcote and seized items to recoup Gibson's unpaid fines, which, due to interest and costs, exceeded half a million uh, half a million dollars Australian. Oops. Joe Arpaio riding in on his tank with Steven Seagal, <laughs> just fucking running over dogs left and right. Where's the fucking money, Bell? Where's the fucking money? <laughs> Judo chap. <laughs> Judo we- chop. <laughs> fuckers come in here and steal her and get some money. Uh, her home was raided again on the 21st of May 2021, a year later, a year and a half later, to try to recoup her unpaid fines. There's got to be something buried in the floorboards. Guys, just, just rip up the rip up the fucking walls. We'll get the insulation. Yeah, dig around do. the backyard. <laughs> there'll be there'll be bones buried somewhere we can sell those my god maybe there's a there's a dead western guy maybe we can <laughs> sell that um yeah the day after the first raid on the 23rd of january 2020 uh, a showbert media this is where i think we're i can kind of categorically say that she's a sociopath okay on the 23rd of january 2020 a showbert media video from october 2019 surfaced in which um gibson was wearing a headscarf, just a random headscarf, and speaking partially in the Oromo language, referring to herself as San Bontu, discussing the political situation in Ethiopia with an interview, uh, an interviewer, and referring to Ethiopia as back home. Wait, this is who? This is Belle. This is the woman that's. She's gone, Rachel Dolezal. Okay, hold on. I got to see what she looks like here now. She's the whitest Australian lady ever. Okay. Uh-huh. She's Ethiopian now? She thinks she's, well, she says that Ethiopia is back home. She's speaking the language. Um, she professed to have been adopted by the Ethiopian community in Melbourne after volunteering for four years, calling the adoption a gift from Allah. Oh, dear. Oh. Um, however, on the same day, the president of the Australian Oromo Community Association in Victoria. Um, Tare, Tarakan, Tarakane. It's like uh, the mm. last four words are K E G N, so I'm not sure how that sounds. Tarakane Chimdi stated that Gibson was not registered, not a registered volunteer, is not a community member, and she's also not working with the community, and that he had only seen her at events two or three times. He expressed that nobody seemed to know who she was. And he had only just learned of her backstory and expressed a desire for her to stop saying she's part of the community. <laughs> Lady, we don't need you here. Please fuck off. Um, I, I think, I mean, the thing is, though, now that I think about it, that like, oh, yeah, you know, she's a sociopath. She's now claiming to be accepted by the community. Maybe she is deluded if she thinks that. Maybe. Yeah, because I mean, that can work both ways, really. Yeah, there she is. This is, uh, this is Belle Gibson. Yeah. may not be her real name she yeah she's ethiopian normal, n- not ethiopian she's just a normal australian white lady she um, looks ill she, she sure as fuck doesn't look like she's got cancer to be honest <laughs> no. not that i know that there's a st- i know there isn't a stereotypical look for cancer patients but yeah most people who have cancer in every part of their body and uh, aggressive forms that is spreading do not look like that they do not look healthy like that so no. 
Um, so that's that's kind of where we're at with Bell Gibson. I couldn't find any more updates. Um, I was kind of stunned into not researching more after reading all of that. What do you think about Bell Gibson and her non-cancer situation? Well, I mean, okay, so I'll take some points away, I think, for the possibility that maybe she's delusional or yeah. has yeah. some sort of mental incapacitation that she, yeah she could be mentally ill we can't rule that out for sure then extra people oh, well bank penguin gets a 90 as well as um apple apple media yeah all, all of those, those for not doing your job fuck me yeah One basic thing. stuff yeah check <laughs> your sources um, but she took money from charities. She pretended yeah. to have cancer. She mm -hmm. put people in danger by telling them you can eat fruit and not have cancer anymore somehow. Yeah. Give up on your chemo and radiotherapy. Come and download my app. You'll be absolutely fine. <laughs> uh, familiar Wilson's media. Apple gets 127. Yes. That's fair. Uh, they do in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sure. Um, um, I think this yeah. might be the, the highest one Ooh. that I've rated so far. Because there's just so much just yeah. bad yeah. and silly bad. Like, why? You didn't yeah. need to do that. The thing is, as well, if you think about it, um, if she hadn't claimed, because all of this started when she said she donated $300,000 to charity, right? Which is a very easy thing to check. Like, you call up these charities, ask them if they've had X number of dollars, and they'll be like, no, we've never had money from this person or we've had like barely anything if she'd not told that lie she might have gotten away with it for years longer than she did you Which, know it's scary to think yeah it really is but she <clears> couldn't <throat> contain her lies she had to spread them into other spheres beyond not having cancer so yeah and the the whole faking an illness for sympathy and fame and clout and putting people yeah. in danger and stealing money from charities and just so much bad stuff. I'm going to go all the way with a 97 on her. Ooh, that's high. I yeah. It's like people putting people in danger over silly shit because they want to make money. Yeah. And that's what this is. This, this boils down to snake oil salesman level shit, like exploiting people for your own gain and exploiting people who are, you know, in the worst situation possible in this circumstance is uh, is that the world is so very desperate for any good news that's a fair point a lot of this is being fueled by the media because you get nothing but negativity from the news and socials and yeah there is there is an aspect too when you watch the news and then they have and finally a cute cat in des moines you know <laughs> like that that level of fluff bullshit like the world isn't going to burn we promise here's a cute cat story that is a problem in itself, the narrative that the media is telling around what's happening in the world. And, and that's the thing. It is negative news everywhere, but you don't mm. have to look very hard to find good news, good stories, you really inspiration. Just it's you can I you, see it right on the corner during the yeah. last. Uh, what is it? The thing that closed down the streets where everything was a mess. There was a guy that just liked Mesa so much that he was out there handing out maps of how to get around town for the whole day where you couldn't. And I mean, that's not this person survived cancer, but it's a nice, yeah. good, not 
gross nine people were shot at a mall in Texas news. Yeah, the, the, and that yeah, you're absolutely right. There are examples of everyday, just normal, nice, good humanity around us all the time. And it can be something as simple as your neighbor bringing your bin in. Thank you, Carol, for doing that. Um, you know, or like someone offering to help you, you know, carry something or whatever it might be. There are a million stories like that in your life every single month. And the only problem is, is that the worldwide focus of news is on relentless kind of depressing and intense stories. And that is not the daily existence for most people in the world. Yes, there are people who have got terrible situations and who live in grinding poverty, but even they, for the most part, will have nice experiences. They will have nice moments in their lives because as humans, we find the good most of the time in things. And we see and we hang on to really wonderful moments because we're storytellers and we like good stories and things that make us feel good. So um, it, it's not hard to find bad news. And yes, the narrative of constant negativity in the media is a huge problem. The other problem, of course, is when they get an interesting, nice, good story, they don't always fact check it. And this is the perfect example of that. You have to check your sources. And I guess that Maybe it's because this is something that's pushed on at the last minute and we've got a segment to fill or we've got all of our top people on this shooting in Texas or this war in Ukraine. So the intern who has no training is going to handle this story sort of thing. Potentially, maybe that's the other issue, but it's it's really basic. Check your sources all the time and just make sure you know who you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, yeah. 97 mm. she beats um or either I, I can't remember the score new jack got that you gave new jack it was high yeah uh, because I, he was quite stabby yeah uh, well and he didn't care yeah he, he deserved care. it he had it coming yeah he really did <laughs> he did not care um so yeah i i, I can see why you've taken points off because we can't be a hundred percent sure and <laughs> If we ever found out from her that she'd had a diagnosis, I don't think we trust it. But uh, <laughs> if it came out that, yes, Bell Gibson has some sort of, I don't know if it's like maybe a, a version of narcissistic personality disorder or some sort of legitimate mental illness that explains that she, why she can't stop lying or, or is so deluded that she believes this world around her, then that would be a slight lowering. But at the same time, you know, she wasn't checked at any point because people who tell lies still have the capacity to be told, oh, I shouldn't do that. OK, yeah, maybe I won't do that because, you know, you have people in you in your life that tell you not to do crazy shit. She okay. didn't or she yeah. didn't listen to them. So. So, yeah, um, that's that's Bell Gibson, um, the social media liar. Uh, I, I don't think there's any other way of putting it, really. And really. Um, Elmer. <laughs> I never remember your guys' names, but this one in particular is difficult. Elmer, Elmer J. McCurdy, Elmer just, J. McCurdy. Isn't that the the lady from uh, iCarly? What was her name? McCurdy, McCurdy, McCurdy. McCurdy. Okay, McCurdy. No. not this guy. Him. No, but that he was in movies. <laughs> he was in movies accidentally <laughs> against his will as a corpse. Um, so yeah, um, it's kind of. The two very different kind of idiots here, I guess. The 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 real thing is exploitation in in this particular instance, in that you've got this man who was an idiot and who died and who was immediately exploited after his death, and then 
you've got Belle Gibson who just exploited everything and everyone around her to her own ends. And I guarantee you that money somewhere, she didn't like suddenly stop making money. And I know they said, oh, she'd only made $2 million. But like if she made $750,000 in the first month of the the app's release, and the, I guarantee it's like closer to $10 million well, for sure. Just think about it, though. They went in, they raided it, and they couldn't find anything that they could like sell or whatever. So yeah. it's got to be somewhere. Was she spending it on McDonald's? Is that what yeah. it was? She's just blowing it on fast food? Well, yeah, exactly. Like if you've got misgotten gains, you like people spend it on cars. They'll buy houses. They'll buy what has she done? A Che? What was it? A fucking what's his? I almost said Che Guevara there. That's not right. An El Chapo, uh, and just fucking buried it somewhere. You know, oh, like yeah, yeah. Just, but like, hippos released them. Oh no, that was. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that was. Um, <laughs> oh, what's his name? The Colombian drug lord. Um, oh, I can't I believe I've forgotten it. his name. Oh my Narcos. god. Uh, yeah, from Narcos. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, basically, I'm just wondering if she's changed her money into gold bullion and fucking buried it. Could somewhere. be. Yeah, it's the easiest one. way to keep it. Yeah, for sure. If you can remember where you've buried it, doing a Fargo thing and just shoving like a. <laughs> A scraper in the snow, like yeah, I'll find that in a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's our show. Um, a really high score for Bell Gibson, and uh, quite quite a decent score for Elmer McCurdy, um, who was it was like a genuine. I can understand why you would say he was the worst outlaw. He really was fucking terrible at his job. <laughs> like he didn't even he practice. I know. Like if he'd have gotten off the booze and just stayed a a plumber, we'd have never heard of this guy. But yeah, he didn't even practice blowing stuff up. He was too busy drinking. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I've had a lot of fun. It sounds weird saying I had a lot of fun researching this because you can see this coming. Anyone familiar with these situations you're like, this is too good to be true. There's a lie here somewhere. And sure enough, the whole fucking thing is a fabric of lies. So I had a lot of fun researching that because I'm like, this is a, a significant journalistic failure. And how did nobody see it? Like, this is really basic stuff. And what did you find about researching Elmer? Well, see, I, I kind of wandered onto him because I was thinking, oh, oh. man, I want to cover an outlaw. <clears throat> and then I was like, well, man, remember that urban legend where they found a body as a prop in a haunted house? Yeah. Remember that true. old West cowboy that that actually happened to? I should cover him. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and it, there's just so much insane yeah. uh information out there about this mm -hmm. guy and what he went through afterwards yeah that, that book is really good too the uh, amazing or misadventures in, in life and afterlife oh it, that's yeah that yeah. sounds really really interesting i'll have to look into that also um toasterzoid mentioned earlier on um a video by sam onella <laughs> <laughs> who i may have to look up now because A, that name's amazing, and B, if there's a video like that, then that could be really interesting as well. But yeah, um, yeah, really, really interesting story, really sad as well, because that's pure exploitation of a corpse, and I find that really gross. Anyway, because um, he didn't have the money to get buried. Exactly. Like, just put him in a pauper's grave or something. I, I don't know if that's a thing, but in the UK, there's there are things called pauper's gra pauper graves, where they're generally just mass graves where people can be buried and their relatives can visit them you know so yeah, i think they did it was just like a simple like cardboard or wooden yeah. like uh press board box type of thing i think i don't know that would be enough yeah now he's under like virtual tons concrete. of concrete yeah <laughs> um so 
Yeah, um, thank you everyone for joining us. So that's that's episode nine of season three. Um, this has been live streamed. It will be out a week later as a podcast. So thank you so much for watching. And if you're listening, thank you so much. If you'd like to follow us on social media, I remember to do it this time, go and follow <laughs> us at Greatest Idiots on Twitter or at History's Greatest Idiots on Instagram. And if you go to patreon.com slash History's Greatest Idiots, you can sling us some cash be our first ever Patreon. You get a little special treat for for joining our Patreon, and you also um, get to support us financially, so that we could potentially maybe make this a full time gig. Uh, please do; we'd love that. Give you better stories, better we'll performances. So, I will give and, you more often. We will give you yeah. so many stories. If you make us full time, we'll do this weekly. Can you imagine <laughs> us weekly? You'll never get sick of that. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Now, there might be a bunch of other little side shoot things that they oh, could yeah. get additional content that we might be messing around with and whatnot oh, yeah. if they were to sign up on that. If I were doing this full time at like half the rate I'm currently working my full time job, you would be awash with content, people. I promise you. And it would be high quality stuff as well. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us and following us. We've we've seen our numbers increase so much recently. So we're nearly at 28,000 all-time listens, which is kind of amazing to me. We only recently passed 25,000. So I think I mixed my uh, stats together when I was talking to somebody at work the other day, and I was like, we got 20,000 listens on this. Wait, no, 2,000 on the first episode and yeah. 28,000 overall, but not this last month. No, <laughs> it's we, we're doing really well. Uh, we do have a huge number of downloads. Um, and if I could, and, and those are just sorry, I should point out those are only Spotify plays. I can't get into the Apple plays to actually because there's like a whole getting into Apple's podcast platform is a fucking nightmare. So I will eventually get in. Apple, you want to reach out, <laughs> listening to this? We're sorry about calling you idiots for not tracking uh, Bell Gibson's con, but do you want to help me maybe track my? my um uh downloads on your platform that'd be great um but yeah thank you guys so much give us a, a follow and a subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to slash watching this on we are available on youtube if you go on youtube and search history's greatest idiots there are all of our videos there over 90 hours maybe not quite 90 hours but somewhere around 90 hours of amazing original video content and that's a long time you can listen to us it's nearly three and a half days amazing and if you've got anybody to suggest, go ahead and hit me yes. up on that too. Uh, yes, I messages love hearing on... from people on that. Yes, please messages on social media with um, uh, suggestions. Sometimes I forget, as you may have noticed, I don't have a great memory. Uh, so make sure you message us and remind us if you've messaged us before, and we will cover the people that you want to cover for sure. And um, yeah, we will see you in a couple of weeks. Derek, would you like to say goodbye, please? Bye. Bye, everybody, and we'll see you again soon. Take care now.